Is the weaponization of the federal government a partisan political issue? We'll talk about that on episode 762 of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by clicking on the support tab while you're there. You can also support the show at anchor.fm. Throw a few pennies my way there. You can also support the show by clicking on the little heart button under the YouTube video, if you're watching on YouTube, the Super Thanks button, you can throw a few pennies, th- pennies my way that way, excuse me. And you can also go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. It's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. So lots of great ways to support the show financially. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you love it. And share it around on social media. Send me those show requests. All right, well, let's talk about the topic, and that is the weaponization of the federal government. Now, this would theoretically be a nonpartisan issue. You would think that both Republicans and Democrats would be concerned about the weaponization of the federal government, about the use of the federal government to abuse your political opponents. In fact, the entire point of a written constitution, theoretically, is to prevent this kind of action, to prevent the general government from being used in a way that can harm your political opponents. One of the most important things we can protect is free political speech. Free political speech is essential in a free society because if you suppress political speech, you are rigging the game. Now, I talked about yesterday how this is not really what the Democrats and what the people on the left want. We were looking yesterday at the issue of the vote for the Speaker of the House. What they really want is people to be lockstep in line with the Politburo. The Politburo, the official party line, is what everyone agrees with. Everyone in society agrees with it. They want you to be lockstep in line with whatever the latest thing is, and whatever the latest mainstream position is on something. It could be a foreign policy issue, a domestic policy issue, a health issue, whatever it is. They want complete compliance with their position on those issues. And so this is where you get the resistance to something like the church committee, which, or a recreation of the church committee, uh, which, of course, the famous church committee back in the 1970s investigating civil liberties abuses by the general government. At the time, those Democrats were investigating that. And in particular, they were looking into civil rights groups and the use, the weaponization of the FBI and, and, and the surveillance state against left-wing organizations. Well, now we've simply flipped that on its head. There's a historical part to this, and, and I think that's something we need to understand. And I'm going to go back again to John C. Calhoun, And I'm going to go back to the Virginia-Kentucky resolutions because this has always been there. The threat of using, in the United States, now it's also been there around the world too and in Europe, but the threat of using the general government to suppress political opposition has always been there. This is not a conspiracy. The Democrats want to gaslight and make you think it is a conspiracy, but it's not. It's not a conspiracy at all. We know these things happen. And the funny thing is, 
The Democrats run around and say that the uh, opposition are conspiracy theorists while they trumpet their own conspiracies. That the January 6th insurrection, quote-unquote, was a conspiracy against the government. A conspiracy. So this is hilarious to me. These people have no shame, and they don't even realize how stupid they sound. That's the funniest part. Just like yesterday when the guy is saying, well, you know, the best thing that we could have is people get in line with this. But then the best thing that came out of the uh, C-SPAN debacle, or the, the, the uh, debacle was that C-SPAN was allowed to control the cameras and not the government. So wouldn't it be better to have some kind of debate or not have the government control everything so we can actually have a free and open debate about things? I mean, this is important. These people don't even understand their inconsistencies, which to me shows the hypocrisy and unaccountability for all of these people in the establishment press, in the government, etc., etc. Now, this is a piece in the New York Times, so take that for what it's worth. The New York Times is going to promote, generally, the Democrat position, and they do a fairly good job of promoting the Democrat position in this piece, but again, they paint it as a partisan political issue when really this shouldn't be. The Democrats should be just as concerned about the weaponization of the federal government as the Republicans. Because if the other party's in power and they go after their political opponents, well, you've created a climate where you do not have free exchange of ideas any longer. So let me start this, uh, this particular piece here. And the title is Divided House Approves GOP Inquiry into Weaponization of Government. Divided House. A divided House voted on Tuesday to launch a wide-ranging investigation into federal law enforcement and national security agencies as Republicans promised to use their new power in Congress to scrutinize what they said was a concerted effort by the government to silence and punish conservatives at all levels, from protesters at school board meetings to former President Donald J. Trump. Now, is this not true? I mean, this is the first question you have to ask yourself. Are the Republicans not telling the truth here. Of course they are. We know the evidence is there. We know Merrick Garland was actually called out and essentially had to admit that the FBI was targeting school board moms. We know that the, uh, that the federal government has launched investigation after investigation into Donald Trump, also Trump supporters, also people that participated in any kind of protest. I mean, this is what they're doing to Trump supporters. We know that during the Obama administration, the IRS was used uh, as a weapon against conservative groups. We, th we think there's evidence, at least some of it's been presented, that even the Trump administration did this. It weaponized the IRS. So weaponizing the general government, doesn't matter if it's the FBI, it doesn't matter if it's the IRS or the CIA or, you know, take your pick, Department of Homeland Security, uh, ICE, it doesn't matter what level of the federal government. If you weaponize it against your political opponents, now simply following the law is one thing. I mean, look, these things are there and you're, you have to follow the law unless you want to go to jail. So you, you have uh, these things in place, right? So if they're following the law, well, then you can't say it's weaponized. But when you say we're going to target these people, we're going to focus more emphasis on these people and less on these people, whatever it is, you've weaponized these particular agencies, and that's dangerous for the American public, if you're on the left or the right. Uh, this is not something we should be doing. And again, we know there's historical precedent in this, and there's a reason why we have 
a bill of rights at the state level, a bill of rights at the federal level. I mean, if you want to say that, now I can make an argument the bill of rights at the federal level was a disaster because it actually helped codify this, um, this uh, you know, wide-ranging powers of the general government because it essentially opened the door to loose construction. Uh, but regardless, we have the Bill of Rights. And so if we have it, and as I talked about last week with the Ninth Amendment, uh, and of course the Tenth Amendment, the reason they're there is to protect the powers of the states and of course the citizens in the states. And most importantly, the State Bill of Rights. I mean, this is what it's there for. So you have these amendments there to protect the individual liberties of the people at the state level, not create new natural rights or something else, but to protect the liberties of the people. And to protect them from an overreaching, an over-aggressive over federal government. That's the whole point. On a party-line vote of 221 to 211, with all Democrats opposed, the House approved the formation of the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which is to be chaired by Representative Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, the incoming chairman of the Judiciary Committee, and a staunch ally of Mr. Trump. Well, of course, then, if he's a staunch ally of Mr. Trump, well, then he's a bad guy. Now, let me give you, again, some historical precedent here. In 1798, the general government, the Congress, passed and the president signed, President John Adams signed, the Alien and Sedition Acts. The Alien and Sedition Acts were an attempt to silence political opposition. The Alien Acts, not so much, but the Sedition Act, definitely. The idea was to prevent Republican newspapers from printing anything that was negative of the Congress or the president. And so the Congress reacted with legislation that would have put these people in jail. Newspaper editors would have put these people in jail. Now, generally, uh, the historical consensus for years was that this really didn't have much of an impact. Right? The, the Republicans in Kentucky and Virginia responded with legislation that would have nullified those laws at the state level. They would not have been enforced in Virginia and Kentucky. James Madison wrote the Virginia Resolutions, Thomas Jefferson the Kentucky Resolutions, and they were not, I mean, of course, at the time, you're looking at two, at least with, with Jefferson, the Vice President of the United States, and two very influential members of the founding generation. And they hid their involvement in this. These, these uh, bills were not presented by either man in the legislatures. So th they were hiding their involvement because they thought that this could be used against them and probably would have been used against them. But regardless, you have a sedition law that's dangerous to the security of free speech in the United States. Now, in 1798, we already had the Bill of Rights. Jefferson attacked it on a 10th and First Amendment position, that it was a violation of both amendments for the general government to be involved in this. Nathaniel Macon of North Carolina, who was always a very good old Republican, said that, of course, these things are unconstitutional. States can do this all they want, but not the general government. So the general government was being weaponized. And what's interesting about this is that there has been a book produced on uh, this particular topic that went in and looked at how much, how, how people actually reacted to the Alien Sedition Acts and nullification. And it's become clear that sedition law was used pretty widely against opponents. There were a lot of people arrested, not just some high-profile newspaper editors, but a lot more. And that states were, besides Virginia and Kentucky, were on board 
with resisting this. The idea was to suppress a free election and to ensure that the Federalists would win in 1800, and in fact worked entirely against them, and they lost in 1800 because of this weaponization of the federal government. I mean, that's what it was, this political weaponization of the federal government. So there is a historical precedent. Now, we know that John C. Calhoun, of course, in his two very important uh, books written on the government, the Disquisition and, uh, and, uh, and his late in life, um, the Discourse and the Disquisition. He points out that the problem with the Constitution is that when those who are not in power are uh, feeling threatened, they're going to use the Constitution as their shield, but once they get into power, they're going to use it as a weapon and or ignore it. Right? So we see that on a regular basis now in Washington, D.C. When the Republicans are in power, the Democrats are afraid and kind of fall back on a constitutional argument, even though they don't really care about the Constitution, but that's what they do. They try to fall back on a constitutional argument, and they try to point the finger back at the Republicans and say, well, you're just going to weaponize things against us. And then when the Republicans aren't in power, they do the same thing and point the finger at the Democrats and say, you're going to weaponize this against us. Now, when both sides are claiming this, I'm going to tell you something. It's true. Both sides are doing it. So this really isn't a partisan political issue. But the Democrats are going to make it out that way because they don't want the finger pointed back at them and they don't want any of their corruption, any of their activities exposed because they know that if this comes out and the press doesn't cover for them, and they're already really trying hard with the things that have been discovered, even the Joe Biden situation where... Uh, you've had some classified documents discovered, quote-unquote, discovered at the Biden presidential li- vice presidential library. First of all, why in the heck do we have a vice presidential library? I mean, this is just stupid. But anyways, we have a vice presidential library for Joe Biden, and there were classified documents there. And CNN is already trying to provide cover. It's only a dozen or so. It's not hundreds. Uh, Biden cooperated. Trump didn't cooperate. Uh, Biden, you know, Biden doesn't know what they are. Trump knew what they were, these kind of things. And Biden reads, of course, a can letter, uh, a copy of that word for word at a press conference because he's not going to take any questions on this. They fully know. The reason they came out with this now is because they know the Republicans were going to find this stuff. So they're coming out with it and saying, well, here we go. It was a mistake on our part. Because Biden was fully aware for years that he had classified information at the vice presidential library. He knew it. He knew what those documents were. He knew it. He knew all of it. I guarantee you knew all of it. But because he knew the Republicans were going to find this out, or at least they were going to release it, because the Republicans knew about it, they're trying to get ahead of the story. And the CNN is providing cover. This is exactly what's going on. And... Um, this is where the Democrats are afraid because they know the hypocrisy and unaccountability is going to be exposed. So they've weaponized the general government against their opponents, and now it's going to turn back on them. What really needs to happen in Washington is that we don't do any of this. We don't weaponize the government for anybody. And Jim Jordan is saying, I'm not going after anybody. I'm just trying to find the truth. And in reality, I mean, that's what is going to happen here with the Democrats, and they're, they're afraid of it. Because they know their corruption is going to be on display. They're just as corrupt, if not more corrupt, than the other side. Mr. Jordan, who is deeply involved in Mr. Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Now, think about this. 
That's a conspiracy. Just saying Mr. Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, overturn it. He's asking about corruption, and this is important. And there is actually a federal case that uh, is it's going before the Supreme Court where that's the question. If Congress has an obligation through their oath to protect and defend the Constitution, and there are accusations made that there's, there's corruption and cheating, and they go forward with certifying an election anyways, does that not violate their oath of office? Should they not have investigated? If the Trump administration is saying, well, we have a corrupt election, uh, there's cheating going on, should they not have paused at least for a month or something to at least give the appearance that they were looking into the election? to the corruption, because we know that, um, you know, this, this, could have, this could have been paused, or a week, right? They could have paused it for a week, or they could have looked into it. After Trump made the accusations in November, they could have been looking into it. You know, they, they, could have, they could have looked into it and tried to figure it out, but nobody did anything. No Democrat did anything. No Democrat lifted a finger. Why? Because they probably knew there was something that was a little bit suspicious here going on, that, but they could have come out and said, well, uh, yeah, we, we, did, we did ballot harvest, but that's legal. All that's legal. If they would just come out and say this stuff and people knew what was happening, well, then they would try to put a stop to some of it. See, they don't want any of that known. So just saying there's an effort to overturn the election is a conspiracy theory, except they charge the Republicans with conspiracy theories. Has for months been investigating what he says is a bias in federal law enforcement against conservatives. Now that Republicans have the majority, he plans to use his gavel and his subpoena power to escalate and expand that inquiry, including searching for evidence that federal workers have become politicized and demanding documents about ongoing criminal investigations. So, I mean, look, if, if this is true, and, and we know that federal employees are politicized, it doesn't matter if they're on the left or the right, they have political opinions, just like anybody else. Uh, the problem is if they use those political opinions in a partisan way or to go after their opponents because they have power. The bureaucracy has a tremendous amount of power because Congress has done that, right? They've given these agencies executive power, judicial power, and legislative power. They can create rules, they can execute the rules, and they can decide if you're guilty or not. Well, that's an, that's an abrogation of their own authority for Congress. They're just giving it to some bureaucracy. Congress should be in charge of this stuff, not some bureaucracy. And this is the real issue. If you've got federal employees that are politicized and they're using that against you, that's the problem. Of course, anybody can say, well, people can vote. And they can have their own political opinions. Great. I mean, we know that. But when they use it against people, that becomes corrupt. And that's where there should be none of that going on in D.C. But we know it happens. It happened during the Lincoln administration. Look, I've got all kinds of evidence and it's there that Federal employees were, were doing these kind of things. I mean, we know post office employees were searching mail. They were opening mail during the 1860s against political opponents. We know it was happening. So the weaponization of the federal government has been going on for a long time. In a floor speech, Mr. Jordan said that his goal was not to target Democrats or law enforcement officers who have scrutinized Mr. Trump's behavior. He said his interest was merely in protecting the First Amendment at a time when he said the right was being unfairly targeted. We don't, go, we don't want to go after anyone, he said. We just want it to stop. Still, the panel has such broad reach that it appeared positioned to become a main instrument for Republicans to go after the Biden administration, potentially prompting showdowns over access to highly classified information and the details of criminal inquiries. Now, the Republicans are going to investigate Joe Biden. 
They're going to investigate corruption in the Biden administration because we know it's there. We know it's been there. We know that the social media suppressed a very important story with Hunter Biden and his laptop and what kind of influence did foreign governments have in this and how much was Joe Biden involved. I mean, all of this stuff was pertinent to the 2020 election. And we know that the media suppressed it because the Biden administration asked them to. This is the Twitter files. We know this happened. We know the Biden administration and the Trump administration during COVID were asking social media and other media outlets to suppress information about anything that would work against their party line position. We know what happens. So this is all the Republicans are asking to do. Is the government doing things it should not be doing? Uh, is, this the, is this World War I again, where you had uh, the, the Committee for uh, Public Information that was designed to give the correct interpretation of things to the media? This is when all this stuff really begins in the 20th century. It's World War I. You want to go back to where you start having official government news, you have to go back to World War I. Now, we know that the president started having press conferences in the McKinley administration, but to have an official government position, you start seeing most of that during World War I and then, of course, afterwards. So wars do a lot to bring this stuff about. The subcommittee will have open-ended jurisdiction to scrutinize any issue related to civil liberties or to examine how any agency of the federal government has collected, analyzed, and used information about Americans. It also has authority to obtain some of the most sensitive secrets in the government, including information about covert actions that is usually the exclusive territory of the Congressional Intelligence Committees. Oh my gosh, these people have more information. They're going to know what is going on in the government. I mean, think about the tone here. The New York Times is concerned about the House of Representatives having access to government information. Now, we know the House can go into secret session. We know the Senate can go into secret session. In fact, in the first years of the Senate, there was no journal. It was all secret. There was, there was no sunshine in the Senate. So we don't really know what was said in any speeches in the first several years of the United States Senate. It was all secret. The House wasn't, but the Senate was. It was all secret session. So this is, you know, the people's government, supposedly, in the House, which is the people's representatives, the only real national part of the entire federal government, the, only, the, the most democratic part of it. If all these people are interested in democracy, this is the most democratic part. The people have the most impact here, theoretically. Having access to sensitive information is somehow bad. Think about what they're actually saying here. You having access to information is bad. You having access, or the people's house having access, to government secrets is bad. That's the argument being made. How ridiculous is that? If it was flipped, they wouldn't be saying this. If Donald Trump was in office right now, and the Democrats did this exact same thing, Nothing would be said. In fact, the New York Times would be cheering it on because those people have to be held accountable. You can't hold us accountable, though. No, because this is what's really happening here. It's accountability and exposing hypocrisy. And this next part is just hilarious. While Republicans have traditionally styled themselves as the party of law and order, in recent years they have contended that law enforcement has treated Mr. Trump unfairly, citing the FBI's search of his 
Mar-a-Lago property for classified White House documents he did not return for more than a year after leaving office, as required by law. Now again, we're just now learning, it's 2023, that Joe Biden had classified documents at his vice presidential library. Joe Biden hasn't been vice president of the United States, has not been vice president of the United States since 2017. Six years ago. So for six years, Joe Biden had these classified documents at his presidential library. That's longer than a year from what I can get. I mean, I think six is bigger than one. Now, I mean, my math might be off on that. And accordingly, they were all, they were locked in a drawer. They were locked in something. Really? Are you sure? Because Trump says they were locked away too. And again, I mean, this, this shows the hypocrisy and the unaccountability for all of this. The New York Times is trying to provide cover here. They have added other complaints to their ledger to investigate, including allegations that the federal government encouraged Twitter to discriminate against Republicans and the treatment of conservatives or right-wing protesters at school board meetings and abortion clinics. Well, we know this happened, right? We, we have evidence, clear evidence this was going on. Clear evidence. Now, again, when is this a partisan issue? It's a partisan issue when they don't want their side getting in trouble. And it, like I said, the Biden administration is trying to get out in front of this because another Republicans would have found it. They knew the whole time what was going on. Joe Biden knew it was in those documents. Joe Biden knew it was there. He's going to come out publicly and say, I had my lawyers have told me not, not, to, not to know, not to say, not to look at it, not to know what's in it. <laughs> You're president of the United States. He's saying this because they know that if he says he was aware these documents were there for six years, that's a big deal. Because then there's nothing they have against Trump. And the thing is, this whole idea that the National Archives, this is, this is I mean, look, classified documents, the National Archives, this is all something we've created in the 20th century. You go back to the 19th century, the, the 18th century, none of this was going on. Presidents kept stuff all the time. There was no, oh, well, the government has to have control of these things. What for? I mean, again, uh, this, is a, this is a law that was passed. Of course, it's a Cold War law because we're worried about the Soviet Union and nuclear secrets and codes and all that. It's, it's, an, ex, it's a, an indictment of the expansive general government. Big, powerful federal government. Republicans say they have modeled the new subcommittee after the well-respected Church Committee, referring to the 1970s investigation by Senator Frank Church, Democrat of Idaho, that uncovered decades of intelligence and civil liberties abuses, including the surveilling of civil rights groups. The well-respected. Why? Because that's Democrats. But Representative Jim McGovern, Democrat of Massachusetts, go figure, <laughs> said the panel was more akin to the notorious House Un-American Activities Committee, which demonized Americans suspected of being sympathetic to communism. Which, by the way, they were right about a lot of. I mean, this is the thing that people don't that, that get. You know, They were correct. There were a lot of communists in the general government, and they were working to undermine things at times. So the House Un-American Activities Committee was not incorrect in their investigations. 
I call it the McCarthy Committee, and I'm not talking about Kevin, I'm talking about Joe. See, this is hyperbole, right? Well, who can we come out with? The only thing they could do is call this the Calhoun Committee or something. But Joe McCarthy, John C. Calhoun, they're going to come up with all the evil people in American history. That, uh, you know, the bad guys. We got to attach it to the bad guys, and therefore we'll, we'll attach our side to the good guys. Because we're the good guys, they're the bad guys. This committee is nothing more than a deranged ploy by the MAGA extremists who have hijacked the Republican Party. And I want to use taxpayer money to push their far-right conspiracy nonsense. Has not the Democrat Party been doing this for years now? Their far-left conspiracy nonsense? Global warming? You want to talk about a conspiracy. A vast conspiracy that has cost taxpayers millions of dollars. And it's going to cost taxpayers even more. Consumers and everything else. It's global warming. It's man-made global warming and government efforts to suppress that, supposedly. I mean, this is... You want to talk about a conspiracy that's going to cost taxpayers lots of money for a far-left conspiracy nonsense. That's it. That's one of them. Of course, there's others. Representative Jared Nadler, Democrat of New York. I can just hear Nadler saying this. Echoed that sentiment. Arguing the goal of the panel was to enable the House Republicans to interfere with the free... Well, that's actually Bernie Frank. But Nadler's, uh, you know, just as bad. Republicans interfere with the free operation of businesses they do not like to inhibit the free the fight against domestic terrorism and to settle political scores on behalf of Donald Trump. So this is to inhibit the fight against domestic terrorism, which people like Peter Schiff, by the way, who's been removed... Uh, I'm sorry, Adam Schiff, who's been removed from Peter Schiff... Adam Schiff, who's been removed from his position in the House Committee, which is hilarious. I mean, look, McCarthy did that. That's great. They pulled Schiff off a committee. Uh, you know, uh, they pulled Ocasio-Cortez off a committee. They went after these people, which is, I mean, what the Democrats did. So if, if McCarthy is going to wheel the gavel this way and really go after, and like, like Nancy Pelosi, well, I'm all for it. If he's going to actually do this stuff, it's going to be funny. I mean, from a purely theater standpoint, it's going to be funny to watch the Democrats flip out over this stuff. And of course, when the Democrats get back into power, they're going to do the exact same thing. We've gotten to that point now. I fully expect, I'll make a prediction right now, the Republicans are going to impeach Donald Trump in the House. I'm sorry, are going to impeach Joe Biden in the House. Because we know Trump is... The, the, the Republicans are going to impeach Joe Biden. It's going to happen in the next two, two years. Biden will be impeached. I, I can guarantee it. It's going to happen. They're going to impeach Joe Biden. Now, he won't be convicted, but they're going to, you're going to see this now, I think, every single uh, presidency. You're going to see the opposition party impeach the president. And that was the fear for impeachment. This will be used in that way. And we've gotten to that point 200 years later. It took some time, but we've gotten there. The Justice Department has traditionally resisted making information about open criminal investigations available to Congress, suggesting that legal and political fights over subpoenas and executive privilege are most likely looming. It remains to be seen who else will serve on the panel. Speaker Kevin McCarthy made numerous concessions to a far-right faction of his party to win the speakership. This is beautiful, by the way. I told you how important these blocks are. And look at what they're doing now. And look, the left has done the exact same thing, but look at what these people are doing. And the full extent of his promises is not known. Both Mr. Jordan and Mr. McCarthy have spoken for months about their desire for such an investigation and pledged to voters during the 2022 campaign to carry one out. 
It is undeniable that in recent years, the executive branch of the federal government has abused its authority and violated the civil liberties of American citizens, often for political purposes, said Representative Tom Cole, Republican of Oklahoma, in endorsing the legislation on the floor. That's a true statement. <laughs> that's a true statement. You could say you, That's a blanket statement. You could say this has been going on not just um, in recent years, but in American history. This is a true statement. The Democrats are bristling at this because they know it's true. You see, they're, they're recoiling because they know this is true. If it wasn't true, they would be on board with it. Yeah, let's go out and find it. But they know it's true. This is why they voted against it. Late last year, Mr. Jordan, then the top Republican on the Judiciary Committee, oversaw a 1,000-page staff report, which was mostly a collection of letters mailed by his committee, that claimed that the FBI had spied on President Trump's campaign and ridiculed conservative Americans, and that the rot within the FBI festers in and, per- in and proceeds from Washington. Look at how they tried to, which oversaw a 1,000-page staff report, which was mostly a collection of letters mailed by his committee. Uh... Well, the Democrats weren't doing anything about this. So, but I mean, look at the caveat there. Well, this thing isn't, it's all partisan. The resolution appears to enable Mr. Jordan to issue subpoenas to the Justice Department for information about, for information about special counsel uh, inquiry into Mr. Trump's attempts, attempts to overturn the 2020 election again. It's a conspiracy, but they're saying this is against Republicans or conspiracy theorists, but this whole piece is about conspiracy and his handling of classified documents along with other politically charged matters like an open tax investigation to President Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Well, Mr. Jordan's inquiry will be housed within the Judiciary Committee. His 13 members, eight of whom would be Republicans, will not be limited to lawmakers on that panel. That could result in lawmakers trying to scrutinize a Justice Department investigation while the department examines some of those same lawmakers' conduct concerning the events of January 6th. Power can check power. I mean... It's true. As the House debated the select committee's creation on Tuesday, Democrats repeatedly emphasized that both Mr. McCarthy and Mr. Jordan have refused to comply with subpoenas from the committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol, an inquiry that they both sought to block. Mr. Jordan uh, strategized with Mr. Trump about an effort to disrupt the certification of the results of the 2020 election on the floor of the House. The primary purpose of this special subcommittee is to interfere with the special counsel's ongoing investigation to conspiracy to overturn the 2020 election. Now again, we've just said that the, the New York Times and the Democrats are calling Republicans conspiracy theorists, but here Dan Goldman of New York, who's a Democrat, has just said there's a conspiracy against the government. Who are the real conspiracy theorists? Now, Dan Goldman was a top aide to Democrats who led the first impeachment of Trump in 2019. The first impeachment of Trump. This is a shocking abuse of power. But it's not the usual efforts by members on the other side of the aisle to once again do Donald Trump's dirty work. This time they're trying to protect themselves. So the rest of it's about some other things that were passed. I mean, just a bunch of stupid stuff. But regardless, this is what we're seeing now. The Democrats are afraid because their corruption is going to be exposed, and we know the Republicans are going to go after them. And, but this is what you're going to see in D.C. This should not be a partisan issue. Everyone should be on board with exposing corruption. The American public should be on board with exposing corruption and the weaponization of the government because, at the end of the day, who are the people that are generally targets? Well, American citizens. It doesn't matter who you are, left or right. You could be a target of this. Republicans shouldn't do it. The Democrats shouldn't do it. Nobody should do this. And so 
everybody should be on board with this, but we know the Democrats are not going to do it because they're going to get exposed. And they're afraid about the, the repercussions on elections in the future. That's what they're worried about. If enough Americans saw that they were doing this stuff, they would lose some political capital if they were doing it unjustly. Now, if there is certain, I mean, if there is evidence that these things were going on, et cetera, et cetera, and the Democrats were right about things, well, then the American public can judge them on that too. And the Republicans can then be judged. But here we are, and we're looking at this as a partisan issue when it should not be. All right, I'll see you tomorrow on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.